if you'll take your uh, worksheets, and we're going to be in John chapter 13, starting with uh, verse 1, and we'll go through verses 1 through 11 tonight. And um, before we get started and read the scripture and kind of tell you where we are, I just want a little introduction about what the last conversation is. Um, This is important because imagine if you're the greatest teacher in the world, which we believe Jesus Christ was. I believe that Jesus Christ was the greatest teacher. And he had 12 disciples. And he knew when he went to the upper room that this would be, I mean, to the room that this would be one of his last times that he ever got to meet and talk with his disciples. And we have the privilege given to us by the Apostle John to see into that conversation. Because the last conversation, that's pretty important. Someone's last conversation that they would ever have with you and they know it, it's going to be very important. We we see this with uh, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is one of my favorite books. The Bible is written to Paul, written to his uh, spiritual son, Timothy. And it was his, he knew, Paul knew that he was probably just hours or days away from being uh, executed, which he was. Second Timothy was the last book he ever got to write. And when you read into Second Timothy, you see so much of the heart and so much of what Paul's trying to get across. The same with Christ. He has one more conversation with his disciples. And he displays very important teaching to end. So, so we want to put our ears up. We want to listen to this. We want to learn from this. And we want to see what is this last conversation about. This last conversation is going to take us from now all the way to May. So this, this passage is long. And there's a lot of good stuff with it. The, uh, I have read this passage several times. But I think the first time it really got to me was when I was in seminary. Uh, and I had to translate John 13 through 17 from Greek to English and translate that whole, and that was my whole class. My whole class was John 13 through 17. That was it, in Greek, to English, had to translate it. And this whole thing just began to shout out to me the differences of what this is. This passage is so different than any other part of John. It's so different than any other part of the gospel. Even the atmosphere of this passage is different. So let's pay attention to what God's saying and not miss it. So we're going to talk about the washing of the feet. This is a passage that gets used a lot uh, and abused a lot and misread a lot. And so, so let's look at this and what this means. Some um, churches have taken it that we wash feet every time for a worship service. That's not what this is talking about, but people have taken this from that. Some people have... Um, misunderstood what the washing of the feet mean. So let's look at what this means and what God, uh, uh, what Jesus was teaching in this. So let's read John 13, 1 through 11. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Stop real quick. This first verse is not just an introduction to the feet washing. This is actually an introduction to the entire last conversation. This is actually, this verse meant to separate John 13 through 17. 
all the commentaries, all the people, uh, uh, they, they all say the same thing. This is very important because it points out several things. First of all, it points out where they are at the Feast of the Passover. Second, it talks about that Jesus came to the hour he knew he was about to depart from this world. He knew what was about to happen. So he was in control. He was in knowledge. And the second part is that he loved them. I mean, third part, it was he loved them. So we understand from this one passage that we're at the Feast of the Passover. Second, we know that he understands that, he, that his time has come. Third, we know that he, he loved them. So we, we see this happening right here. Okay, now it takes us to the supper, to the Passover meal. Verse 2. During the supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, <coughs> Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper, and he laid out his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist, and then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples around the waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you, uh, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I'm doing, you do not understand now. But afterwards, you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I do not wash your feet, you have no, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to a wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. You are clean, but, everyone, uh, but not every one of you. For he knew who was already to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. A lot of stuff happening here, a lot of great things happening here. Um, we could spend a lot of time almost in each, uh, just splitting this up. But, but due to time, we're going to cover some big stuff uh, here. So what did the washing of the feet of the disciples mean? You know, what, uh, you know what, what does that show? What does that mean? Well, it demonstrates two things we're going to talk about. Okay, first, it had a practical demonstration. And Jesus' messages, including his parables, which I love his parables, and we did a parable series a few years ago. Love that. I love that series. Love to do that again, Drew, because that was such a good series. Me and, me and Drew shared that series. I, I'd love to do that with Drew again. He's very practical when he teaches. So there's always a practical demonstration with Jesus. So, so he, he, he's using this to, to practically begin and show some things here. All right, so, so when he, first of all, he, he does something to them that, that they're not, that would have been very weird and different. So during the supper, the devil has already turned the heart of Judas, and Jesus knowing that the Father has put everything in Jesus' control, everything's in his hands, he gets up in the middle of dinner. Now, you have to understand, this is the Passover meal. Um, if you've never done the Passover, the Seder meal, uh, it is very, um, 
ritual. It, it, has, it has certain things you do at certain times. It, it is not, it, it's, it's a very formal meal, and it's not one that you just kind of interrupt. And Jesus interrupts it and does something that you do when someone enters into a home, not in the middle of a meal. Jesus takes out his outer garment, and all that's left is a long tunic. It's like a long white undershirt. And that would almost be considered an outer garment or underwear. You know, just something that's underneath you that that you didn't normally show out to others. But it's normally what slaves wore. Then he wrapped a towel around his waist, which is a very, uh, again, a very slave position. Then he did something that, not, that Jewish slaves were not even allowed to do. Jewish slaves were not allowed to wash feet because they, uh, Jewish owners felt like that was too below Jewish people. The only people who were allowed to wash Jewish feet were Gentiles because they felt like Gentiles were lower than them. So Jesus did something that not even a Jewish slave would be even to do. Because he was doing something. It's a practical demonstration. Jesus wanted to show them humility. The first one is humility. Jesus is teaching. Next week we'll get into, he's going to take time next week and explain what he did to the disciples. Right now we're just watching it. But next week we get to hear the, uh, the part of what he was teaching. And he was teaching them humility. He was teaching them servanthood. He was teaching them how to be a servant leader. But one of the things that he is practically showing them is humility. One of the things that, we, uh, that, that when we wash people's feet or when we serve them, we are to show humility. That, that is a characteristic of Christianity that I'm afraid that gets lost a lot of times is this humility. What is humility? Humility is not thinking low of yourself. Humility is not even thinking of yourself anymore. That, that, that in humility means that uh, because we, we, we have formed, America has become very good at what we call false humility. Become very good at that. And what considered false humility sometimes is we don't want to take credit that we're good for something because, you know, we don't want to seem too egocentric or things like that. But sometimes we're just good at something, okay? That's not bad. Humility, uh, 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 but a true Christian humility is doing things that others are not willing to do and always putting others and love your neighbor as yourself. That's a true humility. Jesus was loving them and, and, and showed humility to them by showing them that he cared and he washed their feet. Now, this was normally done at the beginning when people were entering in. So probably the host did not have a servant at the door to wash the feet. That is what we take from this. So Jesus knew this and took upon himself a very humble position. He puts himself in a slave position, and he washes their feet. Now, I don't know if you've ever washed anybody's feet. But feet are probably one of the grossest parts of the human body. Uh, I don't know if y'all agree with me or not agree with me. That's okay. But I think feet are pretty daggum nasty. 
Well, let me tell you this. You think feet are nasty now, and we got nice shoes and boots and those cute boots you got right there. You know, great. They didn't have that. Most time, they walked on nothing. And if they did walk on something, it was very small leather that barely covered the bottom of the feet and tied onto the toes. So your feet were dirty, nasty. They didn't have pedicures, manicures, nothing like that. You know how a lot of times they filed their feet from getting too long? They would take stones and file them down. So it was not pretty. It was not pretty. And then he took it and he washed every one of the disciples. He began to wash their feet. Not only did he show humility, this began to show a love. We see this word over and over again to them. He wanted to symbolize a practical demonstration of love. It says what in the first verse at the end? Having loved his own who were in the world, his own being the disciples. And, he, and it says he rose and then he began to pour out in the basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with the towel wrapped around them. He came, you know, he's showing and demonstrating his love for them. Part of when we, when, when this practical demonstration to them was not just to show humility, but to show love. He's teaching them several things. He's teaching them, no matter if you are a great teacher, no matter if you're the master of 12 disciples, no matter if people want to follow you, and he, it says that Jesus had hundreds, that you act in a humil- uh, that, that Christians act in humility, but they also show love to others. When there is a need, we do not think we are above the need. We show the need because we love others. There is a need to wash the feet, therefore Jesus met the need to wash the feet. If there is a need to feed the hungry, therefore the Christian goes and feeds the hungry. Not, look, I hope the camera's on me and let me get the, uh, I want to serve because when you serve out, everybody can see. I don't want to be in the kitchen because no one can see me. It's the humility and the love in which we show, and we should be practically demonstrating that in our life. Jesus is showing his disciples, if you want to follow me, here's some things. I'm practically showing you humility and love. Because, see, there's an, uh, another third part in this symbolization that's kind of a weird part, but he did it on purpose. And it is in, on, uh, when you translate this in Greek, because Greek has what we would say atmosphere words. And English doesn't really have that. But the way that this whole thing is set, and we see it first glimpse with Simon, there's a shock. They're quiet. There's a shock. Peter, being Peter, was the first one to break the silence. But there's almost a shock and an awe to this. Because this was very undignified. This was something that was, this act was actually considered scandalous. And, and, and on one level, Jesus acted an example of humility, and they were expected to grasp this point, but you know, a lot of them did not. They were not understanding what was really going on. There was a shock to this. He was showing them something was more important 
than all the attention. He was showing them that something was greater and more important than being what they considered a position. He has taught this over and over. He says, he, who is first will be last, and those who are last will be first. He's beginning to begin to teach them different things, and they, they were shocked when they saw this because this was something that was very unusual. He was showing them there's still more to learn. He was practically demonstrating that they maybe have heard the messages, they've seen them, uh, heard the messages, maybe even seen the messages, but were they understanding what he was really talking about? Because he says, if you want to follow me, you, you desire a noble thing, but are you willing to cut the cost and things? And he's showing them something that they considered this was, this was a big deal. Drew and I were talking about this earlier, and Drew and I couldn't even find an example that would even grasp this today. Because anything we use, if we say a speaker all of a sudden washed everybody's feet, that wouldn't mean the same to you. Or, or if all of a sudden the speaker stopped in the middle of where he was talking to go clean the toilet, that wouldn't mean as much to you. Because we don't have the respect for authority and the teachers as they did. This was big. This would make people's mouths drop when this was happening. And that's what he wanted to happen. Because he wanted them to get a point that we'll talk about next week. Because he's teaching them a point of leadership. And he's teaching you a point of leadership. We'll talk about that next week. So that's the practical demonstration. There's also a spiritual demonstration. Two things real quick. So he then comes to Jesus, I mean, uh, Peter. And what does Peter say? What does Peter say? What? You're not going to wash my feet. Because this was insulting to them. Because that would, that, that, it almost insulted them. And Jesus said, what? If I don't wash your feet, what? You're not a part of me. Then Peter, being Peter, goes one step further. We all relate to Peter. Come on, we all do. He goes, well, not just my feet, but what? My hands, my head. And Jesus says, what? You don't need the whole body to be washed. The only thing that's dirtier are your feet. Because there's some spiritual demonstration here. First, it symbolizes the follower. It symbolizes those who follow Jesus. What it, <coughs> what it meant was... <coughs> <clears throat> when Jesus said to, to have no share, Jesus meant that one does not belong to him. So if he was washing the feet, he meant that it belonged to you. Here, the foot washing symbolizes the washing necessary for the forgiveness of sins. And we'll talk about that here in a second. In anticipation of Jesus' death for his people, he's showing that, hey, you're a part of me. If I don't wash you, you're not a part of me. There's a spiritual demonstration is showing that the washing of the feet has a symbol, and that symbol means that you are a follower of me. Well, Kent, what does that mean today? Well, the washing of the feet is a great example of servanthood and serving, and, and let me just tell you, we have done washing the feet here before, and it's a great time of worship and love, but that's all it is. 
It's a great symbolization. Some people have taken the washing the feet and have made it almost into the same level as baptism, and it's not. Some people have taken the washing the feet and have uh, made it like it is uh, not important. I think it's a great symbolization. I, I, think, it, I think it's, a, a, you know, if someone does it, it's a beautiful sign. Um, I, I, I don't think we... I don't think it's needed every Sunday. I don't think it's part. I think it is just a great symbol of what it means in leadership, what it means in humbleness. And let me just tell you, those who have done it before, let me just tell you, it's very emotional and very humbling when you begin to wash people's feet. It really is. But it symbolizes, for Jesus, it symbolizes a follower. He says, if, you, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. The second part is, it symbolized forgiveness. Forgiveness. <coughs> Foot washing <coughs> was necessarily for forgiveness of sin. It, it, Jesus applies this foot washing here as another way. Those who have been washed through Jesus once and for all for death also need daily cleansing for sins. They don't need a bath. But there is a daily cleansing of sins. It's symbolized by their frequent need to wash their feet. It's apparent that Jesus applies the foot wa washing figuratively since he says, not all of you are clean, referring to Judas. But clearly, he cleaned Judas' feet as well. Obviously, he's not a follower either if he betrayed him. Because, Jesus, uh, because Judas is not spiritually clean, unlike Peter, who does... Uh, 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 who is and, and who um, plays a part. So the foot washing symbolizes the washing is necessarily um, for the forgiveness of sins. And, and not that it symbolizes that today. It symbolized that's what Jesus was trying to also teach. He was teaching them that he was the, uh, he was the teacher. If he's willing to do it, they need to be willing to serve as well. We'll talk about that in the next part of the passage. But in the spiritual part, he is trying to show them something that, that uh, he, when he's talking to Peter, he's like, look, you don't need a whole bath. You just need your feet clean. Why? Because this had a, a spiritual demonstration. You have to understand the passage here. You have to understand the background. They're sitting at a very long table. They're in a hostess uh, part. Judas is there. The devil has already convicted his heart. Judas is about to leave and trade Jesus for how many pieces of silver? Y'all remember? 30. That's right. 30 pieces of silver. He, he's about to go to, uh, to, uh, <clears throat> to pray. He's about to, he's about to uh, take his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He's about to get arrested by the guards. Peter's going to cut an ear off. And then Jesus puts the ear right back on. I didn't make that up. That's true. Um, Jesus, uh, Peter's about to uh, deny uh, Jesus how many times? Three. I mean, a lot's about to happen. Now, none of this is going to even be covered from John 13 through 17, other than Jesus leaving, uh, leaving. But this is all what's about to happen all in this one night. And he's, he's doing a spiritual demonstration of saying forgiveness. Wow. Because why? Because Jesus is about to die. Not just for those 12 in the room. 
but for everybody in this room who's about to die for the sins of the world. This is huge. And this is how Jesus decided to open up his first conversation with them, his last conversation with them. This is how he's opening it up. Before a word is even spoke, he is demonstrating his love, his humility, his teaching. He's spiritually showing them about forgiveness and what it means to be a follower. Big things are beginning to happen as they begin to flow into um, this next part. The next part of the passage, Jesus sits down with them and he begins to teach. He puts back on his clothes, and then he begins to teach. And when he begins to teach, he doesn't stop teaching. He teaches all the way through the Passover meal. And uses, even uses elements of the Passover meal to mean different things. And I'll explain that as well. But this is exciting. Guys, I want to encourage you to be a part of the series. Um, do me a favor. It's okay to read ahead. John 13 through 17. Go ahead and read it for yourself. Read the different passages. Study it yourself. Because um, you're like, man, it's all the way through May. That's going to take us forever. And yes, it'll take a while. But we're taking these passages step by step and through. But man, why don't you go ahead and read ahead. And read what, what's happening in this. And begin to study it yourself. Don't take my word for it. Read what the Bible, the Word says. And begin to study this for yourself. I want to encourage you guys. Tonight, um, it's hard. This is a hard message just to come across and say, Hey, here's the gospel, uh, but here, here's some real truths in it. If you're a Christian tonight, Jesus says right here that you don't need a bath. You're already saved. If you're a follower of him, but there is a, there is a daily forgiveness, there's a daily coming to the Lord, asking for uh, forgiveness, maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you're the type, though, who does need what he said, the whole bath. Be a part of him. You need to have uh, ask Jesus Christ to be a follower of him, to begin to follow after him. And you're not a follower of Christ, and you want to talk to Drew or I tonight, that would be awesome. We'd love to talk to you. Maybe tonight hit more of a practical point. And you realize that when you're looking at your life, you're not seeing humility. You're not seeing love for others. You're not seeing um, the, the value of what Jesus was doing. Maybe these are some things that you need to talk to tonight as well and talk that through. Maybe on the spiritual part, as we already said, are you a follower? And if you're a follower, are, are, are you doing, uh, are you, have you asked for forgiveness of our sins? Are you, are you following Jesus in everything in which you're doing? We want to encourage that as we, as we come and as Sam and them, they play. And guys, we get so much in a routine and this comes to the part that you just kind of sit and sing and, hey, if I can hang on one more song, it's going to be over and I can give Ken a fist bump and I can leave. Don't, don't get into that state here in 2018. If you got to deal with something, we want you to deal with it. If you got to talk to Drew and I, we, we want you to talk to us. We have other adults here. We have Miss Melissa. We have uh, Miss Barbara. We have Tom uh, uh, here. Sam, he'll be playing, but look. If you feel like you got to talk to Sam, he will lay it down his guitar and he'll talk to you immediately because we love Christ above anything else. We love Christ above looking professional. We love Christ more than uh, having it perfect. I promise you that. We're here for you. We care for you. 
Now, this is our time to respond. Holy Father, we love you.